I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Oh, I feel so posh. Like Catherine Deneuve. Mmm. She's so lovely. She is so beautiful. She is stunning. She is like a big baguette. Of, mm. I don't know if that's lovely or not. It sounds good. I like bread, so I don't know. <laughs> What's French? I don't know. She's like I don't know. I'm trying to French onion soup. There we go. There we go. Cheese, fromage. <laughs> Gets better with age. I'm just gonna let you keep talking yourself into this this corner, this French corner. <laughs> In my own little French cor- corner. In my own little corner. <laughs> in my own little baguette, yes. Catherine Deneuve will take a bite out of me. Mm, I wish. I wish, right? I really wish. I, You know, this movie and Daughters of Darkness make me kind of like, make me consider bisexuality a bit more. I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe I'm mm-hmm. more bi than I thought. You know? I think everyone in this world is bisexual one it just seems like a happier place you know it seems like it yeah i guess anyway well <laughs> people are dying know, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. what exactly is happening at the end of this movie because i have oh, no idea i don't know i have no last, fucking idea but it looks really cool la- yeah it looks cool the last like third of this movie i'm like <laughs> i don't know what's happening i give up trying to follow this plot i mean it's not too hard to follow for like the first i don't know like hour and 20 no. minutes and then it's the last mm-hmm. like 15 where i'm like uh what What's once happening? bowie's out and after she seduced susan i'm like where is this going yeah. I, I don't know but it is very stylish regardless it and, is uh, so pretty looks cool it's <laughs> every shot in in this movie it's like a postcard i'm yeah it's like a little postcard from the edge i enjoy it very much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's very stylish yeah. and goth and macabre and all this black lace and carefully lit sets it's a lot of like flowing white curtains Mm -hmm, constantly mm -hmm. in every scene i'm like is there like a Mm -hmm. rainstorm outside why is it why is it so windy and then like you said the black lace and a a lot of blue lights a lot of blue Mm -hmm. everything's kind of kind of cold even outside it's like kind of cold and weird looking yeah yeah and they're very high fashion and Mm -hmm. uh they're all socialites and um youth obsessed and uh, aristocrats essentially and um yeah i like that a lot of it works even if you strip away the vampire element which i think is why i i think most most vampire films that are really good are that way you know they don't get too obsessed with the whole monster bits of it it's more about the human angle Mm -hmm. and like these people who are just clinging to their youth and uh uh like that's everything to them so when david bowie is like getting sick and aging here it's like that is basically the end of his life even though it's not really the end of his life he's gonna live forever still as this sort of you know decrepit thing yeah um, it's kind of depressing but i i'm still not sure why Catherine deneuve is fine yeah. When everyone that she loves and turns turns into this decrepit corpse looking thing that has to stick in a box, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know like, either. Yeah. What it, does she have that they don't have, huh? Right. Yeah. And every time she turns someone, it seems like she kind of hopes that it's going to turn out better for that person. Yeah. But um, I can't really tell if she's is she selfish? I mean, I think to some yeah, degree she is because I she keeps know. turning these people, but she's also giving them like hundreds of years to live which is like but then also she's uh making it so they're gonna live forever and you know and they can't really do anything because they're too old she seems really sad about it like when she has to like stick them in the boxes like she's like here take care of this one you know like she's She's conflicted she she seems kind of sad about it so i i don't know she's an interesting character can't really put her in one casket box no uh... (laughs) she'll break on out (laughs) she's Fly no, off the balcony. Fly. <laughs> like, no. Motherfucking fly off that balcony. My God. She yes. flies off the balcony for approximately 15 minutes. She just <laughs> it's the last act of the movie, really. Fa- falling right now as we speak. Yeah. She's it's been the last act of the movie. She's, she's yeah. been falling since 1982. She's just keeps falling. <laughs> Free falling. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although I will say this, this film did predict the fact that Catherine Deneuve and Susan Sarandon just kind of stopped aging at some point. Mm-hmm. They were just like, you know what? I'm just going to stop aging. And they did. Yep. Yep. They we were talking about how uh, Susan made some pact with Bernie Sanders and now she's not going <laughs> to age anymore. That was that was the group. That was the agreement. Like, support me and you're going to be fine. Yep. And she's like, you're going to be fine. Sounds good, Bernie. Sounds good. Sounds, sounds, sounds good. Yeah, yes, yes. Revolution. Right, right, yeah, right. She's like, woo. Eat the rich. Yes, sure. Why not? I'm rich, but, you know, eat me. Why not? <laughs> we all eat each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is the moral of this movie. Ah. It is. Everyone's getting e- e- eaten in one eaten. way or another. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and enjoying it for the most part. I like that they don't have any fangs in this. That's refreshing. I always like when they, they're not they don't have those. really vampire. You no. know, it's like they are, but like they never even say the word vampire in no. the movie. So it's like the, the only really vampire thing is that, you know, they live forever and they have to eat, drink blood to yeah, survive. But it's like, it. otherwise, they're just kind of these immortal human beings dating back to Egypt, I guess, <laughs> from what I can tell <laughs> from her. Egypt flashback. I fucking love that. Where she's <laughs> like, so random. she's dressed like fucking like Nefertiti or some shit. She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, let me bite your neck. <laughs> like this is so yeah. ridiculous i love it <laughs> it's interesting and it and it's not tied to really religion like mm-hmm. a lot of vampire stories are no. like there's no crosses or yeah. stakes or anything so it's just mm-hmm. a really interesting take on this it really is more about sort of them just being these socialites living forever and yeah. uh trying to be cool and young and hip forever as long as they can and uh for her, it works, but for the people that she turns, it does not work, and yeah, that's really sad. she doesn't really know why. Yeah, we never find out. Yeah. No. I wish we knew a little bit like, more about that. Yeah. It's like the – they try to go the science route a little bit, and the more they go into it, I'm like, I don't really care. You know, it's like, okay, like there's this monkey that's turning, and I, I – You do know that they are now remaking this film. I saw <laughs> yes, the news I, I like a week or two ago and I was like, oh, we're going to talk about this movie. How interesting. Yes. And yes. I wonder what direction they're going to go. I'm really curious. May- maybe they can explain why her lovers get old and she doesn't. I'd like to know that. Maybe. Maybe. As long as they don't get too, I don't know, in depth with it. Like, yeah. I don't need a whole blood culture explaining <laughs> to me why this cell is what's causing him to turn into this person and this person doing that. I'm like, I don't, well, you I don't see, need that. You see, when you cross the X chromosome with the Y chromosome, exactly, these things happen. Exactly. exactly. Unless our girl Heidi is brought in oh, to explain yes, it, yes. I don't care. I don't care. If no, you bring she, in she Heidi, can just explain it. then I'm good. No. She has this ability of explaining something in a way that just draws me in <laughs> it and does. makes it interesting. I, I don't feel like I'm sitting in like a high school biology <laughs> yeah. class, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, what? I, who are they going to cast? And like, know, are they going to keep the same format? And it's like, uh, uh, yeah, you got to cast some people with some charisma and some prettiness, you know. So you got to find someone really yeah. pretty, which it's it's Hall Hollywood, so that's you know a dime a dozen. Yeah, but do they have the charisma? Yeah, as as, you know. Yeah, the, the, as uh, they say on Drag Race, the charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent—that's yes. what you need for to be successful. But that's uh, true. looking back at like. Uh, American Horror Story Hotel. Like now, that I, seems like something that it's was basically very, the hunger. Yeah, basically the hunger. So it's like, and the I guess the writer that they got for the remake was a writer for American Horror Story oh, and the no. L Word. So I'm like, where is this gonna go? Oh you know? dear. Oh, <laughs> we'll I see. don't need a repeat of Hotel. That wasn't very thrilling. It wasn't. Um, like I yeah. get what they were trying <laughs> trying to do, but no, no. All right, Leigh Let's see what you have to say here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, the topic of the week is favorite film performances by famous musicians. Mm. Okay, yeah. Like Mr. David, David Bowie, Bowie in, in this motion picture event. Hunger. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, he's he's very good in this film, I think. He is. He is. Um, he's very troubled and yeah. this very sort of a, a painting of Dorian Gray type mm-hmm. figure of just like slowly decaying over time. And What about like Olivia Newton-John in Greece? Yeah. And Xanadu? Greece, sure. And Sorted yeah. Lives, I find her very funny in that. She does a very good Southern accent in that. Yeah, I haven't watched that in forever, man. Oh, it's so funny. Pull that, movie, that out for Pride Month. That yeah. movie makes me laugh so hard. Oh, we're getting super gay here I for know. Pride Month. Here yeah. Xanadu. I hope you're happy, people. <laughs> June has busted out all over us, and we're <laughs> sticky and gross. And... <laughs> 
well, um, let's get yeah. gayer. How about share? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, of course. Doesn't sure. get much than and, that. Yeah, she, I mean, she uh, she won the Oscar for Moonstruck, but I personally Moonstruck. think like she's great in um, Silkwood, and Silkwood. also come back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Oh, she's so good in that. Like yeah, that whole yeah. movie, that cast is like ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, uh, Witches of Eastwick. She's Witches good of that. Eastwick is great. Yeah. I mean, mermaids. Nothing and, uh, yeah. can really top her career-defining performance in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, <laughs> where she plays Meryl Streep's mother. Mom. Um, and they look like they're, like, about the same Aren't age. they, like, the same age? You give or take a few years? <laughs> yeah. Backwards or forwards? I don't, I don't know, but it's fascinating. Yeah. And she walks she's out with, like, like, a cane from an airplane, <laughs> and she's like, hey, baby, it's me, your grandmother. And I'm like, oh. Fernando. Fernando. <laughs> Fernando. I'm like, I sure can. Sing it, Cher. Yeah. Sing it. That was uh, quite a cameo. Oh, my God. Um, I think that's why I, I, I think her... I like that one more than the first one, because I'm like, at least you <laughs> got it, Cher. I mean, that's... <laughs> I'll give you all that. <laughs> I prefer when she shows up in burlesque and is just like the Fucking owner burlesque. of this couple. Or, 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 uh, the, uh, owner of this couple. Yes, couple. I didn't know it was about couple. sex yes. trafficking. What is <laughs> it is. It is. Also a club. <laughs> Yeah, that movie. Oh. I don't know what to think about that movie because it's a movie that's really not about anything. Anything. It's just like Cher wanted to make a movie about burlesque, and she was like, "You know who I really like? That Christina Applegate Christina or whatever." Aguilera. And she's like, "You mean Christina Aguilera?" And, Christina. and she's like, "Whatever the fuck her name is, bring her in. Bring that in. Bring in that bitch. I like her." And they did. Yeah. And it's quite a team. Yeah, she's she's fine. I didn't think she was bad in it. I mean, she's just just doesn't have a character. (laughs) No, it's just like I'm the I'm the bright eyed, bushy tailed girl from a small town, and I'm here in L.A. to make it big. And it's like a very typical story. But (laughs) so then they have to save the burlesque club and happens uh, by singing a bunch of musical numbers. And Kristen (laughs) Bell is randomly there, and she's like this little like pissed off girl because she doesn't get to. Oh, and they're all, that's right, they're all pissed because Christina Aguilera can actually sing, even though that's right. not the point of burlesque at all. <laughs> exactly, like, no one's paying to hear the vocal chops, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but she brings no, it. No, Cher's good in them. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're, both, they're both good. Yeah. She got that, that great song, was it? Feeling broken, <laughs> barely hanging on. You ain't seen the last of me. You haven't seen the last of me. It was, I think that's yeah. a Diane Warren composition going for mm-hmm. Oscar gold. I don't mm-hmm. even know if it was nominated. Was it nominated for Oscar? I don't remember Oscar? if it was. It might have been nominated. It was I can't probably remember. nominated, yeah. yeah. I mean, Probably a Golden Globe or something. Yeah, like they'll nominate any or- original song. Because really there's not yeah. that many when you think about it. There's not many good ones, yeah. 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 Uh, what about Debbie Harry in like Debbie Harry. Videodrome yes. and Tales from the Dark Side mm-hmm. and, uh, Hairspray yeah. the original yeah I love she's Debbie Harry oh yeah. she's such a little angel she's, she is wonderful I, I love her in Tales from the Dark Side she's oh like my, my favorite God. part of that she's movie so good she's just like a isn't she about to eat like one of the Lawrence boys yeah, Matt, yeah, Matthew Lawrence. She has him like <laughs> in an oven getting ready to cook him. It's wonderful. See, that's a movie so that speaks to me. That, yes, yes. <laughs> all I want is Debbie Harry as a witch about to eat like a little teeny One bopper Lawrence brothers. thing. You know, <laughs> like that's just hilarious to me. I think that's great. It's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. That's fine it's art. Like one of the best framing stories of any. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Absolutely. What, I mean, you've got. Dolly Parton, our beloved Dolly, Dolly Parton, Parton who has managed to be wonderful in everything. Mm-hmm. Nine to five, best little whorehouse, Steel Magnolias, so good. Uh, joyful talk, noise. Watched, yeah. joyful Did you ever noise. see joy- yeah, Joyful Noise? I even she couldn't bring me to that movie. <laughs> I just love I mean, that Dolly Parton is in a church choir, and her gown is the only gown that is tailored to her breasts. It's brilliant. <laughs> And it's like cinched at the waist. I'm like, that is classic Dolly. I love it. Uh, Queen Latifah is good. Speaking like of joyful Chicago. noise, yes. You're speaking of she was also noise, in yes. that. <laughs> I don't I know if she that, talks yeah. about it, but she was in it. <sighs> I did like her a lot in uh, Chicago yeah. and um, Hairspray. Yeah. I, th- I thought she was Hairspray. great in that. 
She's good in bringing down the house too. I don't know if that movie's like problematic now, but she was yeah, good at it. I remember going to see know. that and thinking it was hilarious at the time. But it's I don't know. been I don't know if it holds when up. did that come out? Like two thousand three or four. So yeah, yeah. it probably hasn't. I just heard well. Betty White is this like super racist. Yeah, exactly. I think that's probably why it hasn't <laughs> aged well. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Paris Hilton, of course, House of Wax, our dear Paris. Um, she's good. Are we saying she's a musician? Is that what we're going uh, well, with today? She, she didn't. Didn't she have albums before? She she did. did. I but don't know. So but... did many others. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, I. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't say good musicians. We just said musicians. <laughs> but like, what was she really known for first? Like, just kind of being herself, I guess. Right. Yeah, so I guess. Like a reality uh, I star. She had, I thought she had music out before she did the films but i don't remember i think she did because i remember she was talking about how when she did the tent scene where she's doing like this striptease thing she brought on one of her own tracks to dance to because it was Mm. like it got it got her in the mood i guess she she counts jennifer lopez was kind of the same way and that like her career was kind of tied to the music at the same time so right it was she was in anaconda and like wait was it in living color first was that the first thing she did on tv she's like a dancer and then then i guess selena was her breakthrough selena yeah selena and out of sight sight, and um the cell uh, anaconda anaconda um so yeah gili she's she's a weird one it's like her music career was always kind of tied to her uh acting career and it still kind of is honestly uh, yeah it's she's like always she... been like I, I guess she's kind of like a barbara streisand in that sense like she's always kind yeah, of had both yeah. at the same the same the same time or like a bet midler too where they bet midler, yeah. they're just yeah. kind of doing everything right right and right, right. i support that i think that's good uh, yeah it's it's they have their their cake and they eat it too there you go. and i thought she was wonderful in hustlers she was great in that. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic in that oh, movie. Oh, yeah, she was fantastic. She was great. Great yeah. little movie. Yeah. How about Brandy? We like Brandy. Of course, Brandy. What? I want her to do I more acting. Last summer. I really do. Yeah. She was apparently a very good Roxy Hart on Broadway, and I wish I could have seen her in the part. I bet she was great. She's getting ready to do some TV show. What is, is she back? Um, Queens, I think it's called. It's. It sounds like the exact same premise as... Uh, girls five eva where it's about this girls group only was like oh. in this case it was an r&b girls group that was popular in the late 90s and they're having a reunion interesting now so i'm interested to see where that goes i'll um, watch okay yeah no one come at me here but i thought taylor swift was really funny in that movie that she did was it um valentine's day I didn't see it. Okay. The, the Gary Marshall movie yes. like with like a million people. Yeah. I didn't see it. Okay, listen. That was another one we snuck into in college. And and I was expecting her to be terrible. And I ended up thinking she was very funny. She has some comic chops. Oh, that's good. So I will salute her. <laughs> she hasn't done anything big since then. No, she's like not. Weird, but... <laughs> but she was funny in that. Uh, all right. Well, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Britney Spears was very funny in uh, w- Will and Grace. Not really a movie, Will and but Grace. you know. Yeah. What What was the movie that she did? The Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I don't really remember anything about it, but a two thousands classic. Eighty, uh, I guess. <laughs> For some, <laughs> in some circles, it's and, like a big deal. And Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore like, saved. She's in so Princess good in Diaries and. I walked to remember and, and now, definitely saved. Tape was like, because she was like playing against, like almost oh, satiring yeah. herself to some degree, satirizing yeah. herself, and it was it was great. Yeah, I am filled with Christ's love. And, yeah, it was great. <laughs> then now she's on that uh, This Is Us show. Oh, this is like, which, yeah, apparently makes people cry every listen, week. I, don't know. I tried. I think I got through two episodes, and I was Me like, too. y'all need to calm down with this show. It's it's just so much melodrama. It's and, just nonstop. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's just a little much, y'all. Uh, so but if you ridiculous. love it, you know you do, you, but folks. But It's just like the, the odds that are against this family are just shocking. It's like, <laughs> well, you you couldn't have a baby for 14 years, but now you can. But sorry, the baby's going to be born yeah. without limbs, and then you're going to get electrocuted on the same day by lightning, and then your car's going to explode. I'm like, my God, the tragedy. That keeps happening to these multi- people. Like multiple timelines yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's like my head hurts. <laughs> I, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. Uh, uh, yeah, Beyonce is. Yeah, she's good. And uh, Dream Girl, she was pretty good. And uh, uh, 
I liked her in Austin Powers 3. She was like the only thing I really remember about that movie. But Same she was here, yeah. Okay in that. I know? remember thinking she was um, kind of fun in that. Uh, Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna Rihanna was pretty good in Ocean's 8, actually. I, I liked her in, saw <laughs> her in... What was she in? She was in something else, wasn't she? Wait. I, th- I can't remember what was else. Was she but, the yeah. one in Bates Motel? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't watched Bates Motel, but it says she was in it. Yeah, on she played so, yes. Marion Crane in that. But oh, interesting. there was a twist, and no. I don't want to spoil it. All right, but all I mean, right. it's 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 a good show if you skip like the middle seasons and then just come back okay. at the end. Because <laughs> all right, <laughs> which I know isn't great, but like it's just it's like there's so much drama about like stuff that doesn't make sense, and you're like this just okay. get back to Norman and 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 his mom, and it just it's a good show if you skip like a third of it. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's a great recommendation, I'm right there. Sorry, it's true. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's. Wrap this up. Anyone else? Helen um, Reddy. Sure. <laughs> yes. She's in Pete's Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, that counts. Yeah. She is woman. Hear her roar. I am woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> and uh, yeah, who else? Like Jennifer Hudson's done some some good stuff. Yeah, good in Dream Girls mm-hmm. and a couple other things. And uh, um, what was the, oh uh, uh, Courtney Love, The People versus Larry Courtney Flint. Love. Yeah. And uh, 200 Cigarettes. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's good. Yeah. Madonna uh, Lance in Morissette. A League of Their oh, Own. Yeah. So, yes. Madonna, League of Their Own. Yep. Oh. And uh, Lannis Morissette in Dogma. Dogma. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I liked her in something. There was something else that she was in that I thought she was good in. What was it? Oh, She shoot. was randomly in Sex in the City for like two seconds. Yeah. yeah. And that bisexual episode that yeah. everyone's like, what the <laughs> fuck is episode. this, Carrie? Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm a sex columnist. I don't believe bisexuality exists. I don't really believe it. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Calm down, like, Carrie. Calm down, Carrie. <laughs> like, you sound like you don't know much about sex, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Alanis, there was some other movie she was in. Uh, she was really good in something. Oh, um, uh, De Lovely. De Lovely, She did yeah, that, um, uh, let's do it, let's fall in love. Yeah. And really that's good. why birds they do it, they do it. And it was like in her voice, so it was like really yeah. interesting, because you worked. would never expect her to be able to sing that, but she really pulled yeah. it off and was... Quite delightful. She's super charming. Yeah. I love her as God in Dogma. Yeah. Like, that's like my favorite part of the movie. That she's just God. Like, and I think she makes some people's great. heads explode at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I was like, oh, that's, that, that, yeah. That's she fun. makes uh, Ben Affleck's head explode. Even yeah, better. So, okay. okay. <laughs> Perfect. <gasps> Bjork in Dancer in the Dark. Dancer that's in the Dark. Great yes. performance. Wasn't Debbie Harry in that also? No, it was Catherine Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yes. Mix we're bringing up. it full circle, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. Wasn't Sigourney Weaver in that movie, too? No, that was sure Gina. That was, that was Gina, okay? <laughs> oh, I can never keep those straight. Um, uh, oh, LL Cool J was good oh, in Halloween H2O. I we loved like him in, in, in uh, H. And, uh, Deep Blue Sea, too, Deep Blue Sea, yeah. 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 I, I good. liked him in that a lot. Aaliyah is actually really good in Queen of the Damned. She's yeah. the only good thing about that I movie. I don't she care for the like movie, but she's delightful in it. Charming yeah. as hell. Yeah, and uh, steals every scene she's in, one of those people. And, uh, I seem to remember Snoop Dogg was kind of fun in Bones. Bones, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen The Bride, but I I know Sting, oh, Sting is like a big yeah. character in it. I, yeah. I haven't seen that yeah. in a while. I was probably like six yeah. the last time I saw that, so yeah. I can't was really. On, I was just looking for a list of people to talk about and he was one of the ones so i don't know maybe i'll have to revisit that sometime yeah. um and john bon jovi has been in like cry wolf and some vampire Los Muertos film and i remember him yeah he was the the teacher in, in oh, cry shit. wolf the one who was yeah i do need or to the principal or whatever that. the fuck yeah yeah um, um tom waits was in bram stoker's dracula oh, and, uh, vitamin c in dracula 2000 <laughs> yes <laughs> As we go that, on, that classic film. We remember Dracula 2000. Now that, that one does have a little bit of a religious bent there, doesn't it? Just a little bit, right? He was Judas Iscariot the whole time. The whole time. God damn it! The whole time. Daniel. Daniel. Will Smith was another one that like his early career was music, but it was also yeah. Fresh Prince, so he was kind of doing kinda both. Hard to tell so I don't know. with that, he was yeah. also like a big multitasker. That was a good list. Uh, if we missed anyone, let us know. Uh, again, these were some of our favorites, or at least the ones that we remember. And um, um, 
Kelly Rowland and uh, Freddy versus Jason. Right? Oh God, yeah. I mean, I didn't hate her in that until she started to, like pulling out the f bomb. Yeah, which I yeah. heard was an improvisation from her, so that makes okay, me kind of well, not like her. I'm like, okay, well, if that was your all improv, right, well, then, huh. okay, well, let's move along here, and uh, here we are in 1983. Decent year for horror. Not as good as 81 or 82, but uh, we got Carpenter's Christine and Cujo and Curtains, The Dead Zone, One Dark Night, and Psycho 2, Woo! and uh, Sleepaway Camp, mm-hmm, and wow. uh, Twilight Zone movie, and Videodromes. There's good stuff in here. Good stuff, um, yeah. American Werewolf in London and The Howling had come out a few years earlier, and they kind of kicked off this monster movie resurgence uh, from like the 30s to 50s and all those monster movies and uh this was like the first big vampire one i could think of followed by like fright night and once bitten and vamp and the Mm -hmm. lost boys and near dark later in the decade i think it did kind of set the tone for those movies in a lot of ways because it kind of played up just the style aspect of everything and everything had to be the and the, the reliance on like the soundtrack and all that um it draws a lot from the 70s lesbian vampire movies as well like we talked about earlier daughters of darkness and the velvet vampire and vampires lesbos and let's scare jessica to death and the vampire lovers and the blood spider bride there's just a ton of them from the 70s uh what else okay so directed by tony scott here mostly known for action films randomly he did like top gun and beverly hills cop and days of thunder and true romance and um so it's interesting this was like his first film because Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is like nothing really like those except for the fact that some of them are Pretty stylish, I guess, oh, but yeah. not in this way. Written by James Castigan, who is mostly known for TV stuff, like really prestige stuff like Eleanor and Franklin and Love Among the Runes, and he got an Emmy for writing some shit. I don't know. Some sh- I Thomas... love that movie. Some shit's my favorite. Some shit. Some shit <laughs> is my favorite. Was that with Richard Chamberlain? What, what was that? Was that? I believe so. I believe Ian McKellen showed up for a oh, second. Oh, he and, had the uh, cameo. Yeah, that's right. That is Yes. Cool. Set during World War II in Britain. NBC? And, uh, okay, yeah. yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Maggie Smith showed up for two seconds and... <laughs> It was pronounced some shite, I believe. Was <laughs> nice. uh, yes, but no. He co-wrote this movie with Michael Thomas, who did Lady Hawk and The Devil's Double and The Thirty Three, uh, loosely based on a 1981 novel by the same name by Whitley Stryber. I didn't look up if he if he was queer. He may have been, but all right. So this was mostly shot in London, even though it's set in New York. There, oh. Some of the exterior shots were New York, but. I'm um, sorry to ruin that image for people, but... You um, have completely ruined the film for me. I know, I know. That's the magic of filmmaking, right? Oh, man. Uh, I was like, this is the New York I remember. I know. It, it looks so much like New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Bowie was excited to do this movie because, uh, uh, I don't know, he just liked the script and he liked the sort of androgyny of everything because that was very much... Bowie's brand and uh, he I don't know how he felt about the final product the only quote I could find was he said I must say there's something that looks there's nothing there's nothing that looks like this on the market but I was a bit worried that it's very pervasively bloody at some points that's all right it's not really even that bloody it's really not like it's very artistic when it does do the blood stuff too and it's uh, I didn't know he was such um, a prude lord I (laughs) I know like there is some blood on Catherine Deneuve's lip and I found it very distasteful Mm -hmm. like what I didn't like when it got on her breast yeah like what (laughs) calm down Bowie Sarandon has claimed that she had an affair with Bowie on set but that also just seems like something Susan Sarandon would say Susie girl uh, look at you And Catherine Deneuve, this apparently it was a place for love because she was involved with this cameraman and they lived together for two years. So wow. Everybody found love on the set, apparently. Well, you know, if she saw the dailies of how she looked in this, she was probably like, I'm mm-hmm. going to marry the man that shot this because I look gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> she looks great. Even from when they first show her, she has this kind of androgynous David Bowie kind of haircut mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. This opened on April 29th, 1983 in the United States. I couldn't find a lot of hard numbers for how much it grossed. I think it grossed around $10 million against a $10 million budget, oh, so it at least sad. made back its money. Well, with but, marketing yeah. and everything, I doubt it. With does, marketing, yeah. probably not, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's sad. Critics critics were mixed. Uh, 55% Rotten Tomato score. Uh, Roger Ebert says, in an, an agonizingly bad vampire movie. Oh, uh, you're an agonizingly <laughs> bad vampire movie, Raj. <laughs> I know. Oh. 
Uh, he said the sex scene between Deneuve and Sarandon is effective. So again, he probably was just beating off in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said the film is very heavy on set design and um, scene cuts, but the story gets kind of lost in all that, which, okay, maybe towards okay, the end, yeah. but leading up to that, yeah, I... It's pretty easy to follow for the first part, but the, yeah, yeah, the ending doesn't make any sense, but it looks good. <laughs> and I, f- I feel like I give them more leeway because it is a film about these sort of shallow socialites mm-hmm. that why if the script was very like oh they're very intelligent and everything else i'm like it doesn't really play into who they are as people yeah. like they are so shallow that it kind of makes sense that the script is a little shallow in exactly. places i guess yeah. i don't know there was a good quote by critic elaine showalter she said uh, this is a postmodernist vampire film that casts vampirism vampirism in bisexual terms drawing on the tradition of the lesbian vampire uh, it is contemporary and stylish. It is also disquieting in its suggestion that men and women in the 1980s have the same desires, the same appetites, and the same needs for power, money, and sex. Ooh. Which is true. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Deneuve's character, like, especially, she's, you know, she's she's powerful. She's, mm-hmm. uh, But she's also very feminine, and she knows what she wants, and she's going to... Uh, go do whatever the fuck she wants and uh she's gonna get it bowie's character is more kind of subservient yeah he's you know he's sexual and everything but um it's interesting to see this power play because mm. especially in the early 80s it would usually be the other way around you know the yeah he's kind the of man the would be the one, one in this yeah. role yeah yeah uh contemporary view- reviews have been more positive and this film definitely has developed a nice cult following especially in like the goth community because it is so goth especially in this like kind of opening scene mm. with like, the club and everything yeah i love the opening uh, scene yeah yeah Brian Fuller has, I guess, cited this movie as a big inspiration for Hannibal, which I can definitely see just with the style and everything. And yeah, yeah, we kind of talked about how it's a vampire movie that's also kind of not a vampire movie Mm -hmm. because they don't really ever say that they're vampires. And it's just kind of these two immortal beings, or at least she's immortal and uh, he's immortal to some degree. But there's a a catch with it that you don't really see in other vampire movies, partly because it doesn't make a lot of sense. But it does work on a thematic level here that um, he wants to be young forever. So it's even worse. The fact that he has to live forever but not be young is worse than dying to him in a lot of ways. Although he does ask to be killed That's toward true. the end and yeah. she doesn't want to. And it's it's like she could kill them, you would think, but she's kind of selfish in the regard that she wants to keep all of her lovers close to her. And, uh, yeah, she's so needy. Uh, she, Ugh. She's so needy. Like, she needs constant attention and everything. It's and, like, uh, do you think like when she's alone, she like walks up there and just like opens up some of the bo- boxes and, and just like, hey – how y'all doing? You know, like what's going on? I think she's like, tell me how beautiful I am today. <laughs> yeah. Do I look good? My lover from, hey, lover from ancient Egypt. Yeah. You... you look like shit, but I look great, don't I? Don't I look great? <laughs> yeah, it's just this youth and beauty obsessed culture. And uh, and it is notable too that this was the beginning of the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. or very early on. And there's a lot of those themes in this with the shared blood and even all the science aspects. Yep. And uh with David Bowie being this sort of queer androgynous person, like watching them, watching him um, kind of uh, melt away. Is yeah, because at the beginning adjacent, of yeah. this whole thing, you would see men who would look completely normal one day, and within yeah. a few days, they would look just they just wasted away. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. I yeah, it's one of those topics that like even talking about mm-hmm. makes me start to cry. Yeah, and it's I don't, just awful. Like I have no like personal. Well, I, I mean I do. I lost an uncle to AIDS, but like I I wasn't alive during the height of the right. You know, I I guess we were babies anyway. But like I, I don't remember. You know, well, I just about always it. remember but, like walking in the shadow of AIDS. Like even when I first yeah. came out, it was yeah. like I didn't really want to have sex because I was like, oh, I'll get AIDS and die. Like it was just kind of yeah. something that was always there. It, it was yeah it uh yeah when i came out to my mom her brother had had aids and died and she wasn't upset that i was gay but right. she was just scared yeah you know it's like that yeah. something bad would happen exactly. uh, so yeah i mean this is i mean this is all part of pride month too you know mm-hmm. you take the good with the bad and uh it's uh it was a very dark time for this and uh, this movie kind of taps into some of that just you know, watching david bowie fade away and it's very quick yeah, here too and so. that was the thing like it, i think once once the aids once it became full-blown aids it's mm-hmm. like you would it was very quick for yeah. a lot of um it was people. one and, of those uh, things where you couldn't really tell i mean some people would be gone within weeks or months and some would last yeah. for years and years you could never tell yeah. so i don't know if that was intentional here because this was very early i think yeah, in the I wonder. AIDS epidemic I wonder if it was. but 
it's interesting in hindsight looking back at it that it does tap into that mm-hmm. idea a lot here yeah i think we touched on most of my my overall things here um so i guess you want to talk through it sure yeah so there's this couple john and miriam blaylock and they like to go to the clubs they're really hip you know they, they, <laughs> they're swingers they dress yeah. in all black and you know go to these like goth punk clubs and stuff and pick up people to bring back to their sexy house and have sexy time with and then use this little cross necklace on their necks to slice their necks mm-hmm. open and drink their blood and then yeah, stick their a... bodies in this very conveniently located incinerator in their house mm-hmm. <laughs> to get rid of the evidence yeah it's called an an Ankh necklace and it's from mm-hmm. ancient Egypt. Um, and again, this isn't, it differs from a lot of vampire movies because it's not really being tied to Christianity. Yeah. This time it's being tied to like ancient Egypt and mm-hmm. uh, the sort of uh, the pharaohs and everything else there. And uh, uh, which is kind of fascinating yeah. because that was a different, different. time period, but it's yeah. similar, similar in terms of like they were constantly searching for immortality and Mm -hmm. they felt that you know if you mummified someone which is essentially what she's doing she's mummifying her um uh previous lovers exactly putting them into sticking them in these uh, boxes caskets and everything i like the sorry the scoring at the club is the the bella lugosi's dead song is so cool (laughs) very plays up the vampire stuff too it's it's cut cut together and shot in such a fascinating way it's just it's this Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you said before it's it's a very mtv style opening it's like a lot of like weird experimental shots and cuts and sound effects and it's so because cool. while they're killing the the couple you also get these shots of this monkey like Just killing it tearing uh, this other one apart into another monkey, yeah right? yeah and yeah it's 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 yeah very visceral and yeah it's nasty strange and, and blood's flying everywhere this is being watched by sarah who is played by susan sarandon who is this researcher who's trying to kind of stop aging she wants to figure out what exactly it is that causes us to 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 age and find some way to fix it and in the meantime john is starting to experience signs of aging rather rapidly Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. miriam sees sarah on tv talking about her theories and she goes and tries to visit her and stuff like that and she can't really get through to her and then John starts getting worse and worse and worse, and it starts to, like, it, it in, increases. His aging increases at such a rapid rate. And apparently this has happened before because John is not Miriam's first lover, and she keeps all of her lovers in this creepy attic room with all these doves and shit that are just, like, wandering around <laughs> fucking dumb like, what is this <laughs> so once again very like mtv music video and um yeah. and they're in these coffins and he's like so how long did the last one take and she's like it probably like a week and he's like oh shit i've got to i gotta fix this and so he goes mm-hmm. to try to see sarah and when he shows up he he looks like he's maybe like in his 40s or 50s and he tries mm-hmm. to reason with with her and say like i'm actually 30 but all of a sudden i'm starting to age like overnight and she's like um i got this meeting to go to so can you just like wait here and she tells the security guard like get rid of this crazy guy because like he just doesn't know what he's talking about but he waits there while she's at this meeting and while he's waiting there he just gets worse and worse and worse to the point where he looks like he's like 80 now and Um, she finally comes out of the meeting and, and he's like, it's me. And she's like, no, that's impossible. And, oh yes, yeah, so it's notable too. The, the makeup here was done by Dick Smith. Yeah, that's brilliant. Work. Um, he did like the exorcist and death becomes her and all those movies, scanners and it's yeah, terrific it's work. It's, it's very re- realistic. And so Sarah's kind of like haunted by this guy and he go, he goes home and basically like decomposes and, Miriam's yeah, there's like, that great gonna... shot too where he's in he's in the he's in the bathroom with the other guys and he's like oh yeah, yeah. like on one hand kind of checking them out and mm-hmm. like aroused but also like jealous of the fact that you know they're still beautiful and yeah. youthful and it's like okay this is again another a lot of older queer men experience mm-hmm. this but oh, yeah. you know or you know yeah or if you're obviously if you have AIDS or something mm-hmm. you know you're seeing these other healthy young men and it's just um, it's a weird mix of sensations, right? It's, yeah, and uh, he's like, he's almost about to use his little necklace to kill yeah. kill them because yeah. that might help, but right, he right. can't bring himself to do it. And right. and um and he rushes back home, and 
Miriam's like trying to take care of him and like he's just getting worse and worse and worse and it's obvious that she's kind of disgusted by what he's turned in t- into like he's all like kiss me and she's yeah. like okay like she's not really into it you found me beautiful <laughs> once yeah. it's like well honey, you got real ugly <laughs> <laughs> oh ash and um and then Sarah is fascinated by him and so she turns up at their residence after he's been stuck in his little co- coffin box and mm-hmm. she wants to talk to him and once she meets Miriam there's like this weird kind of energy she gives off and stuff's kind of getting a little erotic and um mm-hmm. and and, and uh, mm-hmm. Bowie had what's John I think is his name yeah he, He'd also killed that little girl. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So uh, John and Miriam are um, their music Classical music teachers. And they have this girl that they teach, and he kills her, I guess, to try to, like, sustain himself a bit. And then this detective shows up, played by Dana Hadea, who's in, like, two scenes. Dan Hadea, I mean, there's not really much Uh, for him to do, but he shows up trying to figure out where this girl went and... Of course, she's yeah. already long gone in the incinerator by this point. Again, not to get too heavy on the the AIDS metaphors here, folks, but especially in Africa, there's there are a lot of uh, myths about how you can get rid of this disease, and one of them is to in, infect like a younger person, essentially, you know, by having sex with God. them. So that's kind of what's happening Ugh. here too. Like he thinks if he eats this, you know, drinks the blood of this person, that it's going to make him younger again. Yeah. So it's just like all these. Again, I don't know if these any of these metaphors were intentional, but they're there now, and it's it's interesting. But yeah, and um, and so Sarah gets really interested in in this case, and gets very interested in Miriam especially. And Miriam has told both Sarah and the detective that he's gone to Switzerland to go to this clinic. <laughs> My husband's just in Switzerland. It's <laughs> Ran- fine. <He's>... Randomly, <laughs> <laughs> he's at a, he's at a rehab clinic in Switzerland. And it's fine. Miriam, I guess, is starting to take a little liking to Sarah, and she's like, "Oh, I think I found my next uh, my next life partner." And the, uh, the, the chemistry between them. I love when she's just sitting there, like playing the piano, and yeah. uh, Sarah's just like eating the shit up because she, she's drawn to her physically, but she's also drawn to this whole socialite lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And clearly, she's not really happy in her career choice or whatever, and with her husband, and she yeah, wants to, the, she wants the parties and the cocktails, and she thinks she thinks she does anyway. The husband, boyfriend, whatever he is, is boyfriend, just kind whatever, of this yeah, yeah. drip. I mean, he's just sort of this. He's not very supportive. He's just kind of there. He's kind of a goofball. He's, he doesn't do he's, much. He's strange. Yeah. Later yeah. when he shows up at the house, he calls himself like her friend. And yeah. I'm like, like, well, why wouldn't you say you're her boyfriend? Clearly that yeah, relationship wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. 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 Like, I still think we're friends. We should stay friends. I hate people like yeah. that that are like, you know. Um, and so Sarah kind of falls for her. And there's like this sed- yeah. sed- seduction scene where like she spills some wine on her on on her her white shirt so she has to take off her top and then and then here come the the billowing cur- curtains and the classical music and <laughs> there's a a very oh, tasteful very... skinamax love scene that they have <laughs> i love it. a lot of boob suck a lot of boob suckers <laughs> boob like suckage it's... and boob sucking... a lot of like fingers caressing other fingers and arms yeah. and legs and stuff it's, it's classy and again it's it's classy yeah, yeah i i don't I don't know if this is how lesbians have sex or if this is how, how the director thinks that lesbians have sex, but it's interesting. It could be worse, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> there was some quote Susan Sarandon said about this scene where she said that uh, she, the, the original script called for her character to be actually drunk. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember this quote. She didn't yeah. like that because she's like, she wanted to make it clear that her, her character was choosing to have sex with Miriam instead yeah. of doing it out because of the alcohol. Yeah. And she's like, you you wouldn't have to be drunk to get in bed with Catherine Deneuve. <laughs> I don't care what your sexual it's history so had been to that point. It's so true. Like, <laughs> And so, yeah, they have this thing. And then she goes out. In the meantime, while they're having sex, Miriam does penetrate her with her her teeth, <laughs> I, I guess. And, her teeth, yeah. And yeah, draws some blood, which infects her. Mm-hmm. And so she goes out with her husband, boyfriend person. 
and mm-hmm. she orders this like rare steak and he's like you're ordering yeah. a rare steak what's wrong with you and she's like i'm not really even hungry and he's like why did you order it then and there's like a big fight and he's like an asshole and and he's, he's like, like weirdly suspicious yeah, of her immediately. just because she had like a three hour he's like because he had she had a three hour talk with a woman. woman like she thinks that something's yeah. Wrong. yeah i'm like does she have is, is she known for being bisexual is there a reason why you should be angry about yeah. this like what's going on did they go to college together and she had like a one-time yeah. fling with some woman in college like or something? I don't really know what's going on here. You jump into conclusions pretty quickly. I mean, there's a there's a swimming pool right next to them for some reason. Where are they eating at? Like a YMCA or something? <laughs> don't you eat at YMCA's, Kevin? That's <laughs> my do. favorite I place do. to dine. Yeah. yeah. It's like a bathhouse or something. I oh was God. wondering about that because for the first half of the scene, like it's shot – from the angle of like if they were looking into the window from the pool so you don't know where they are so you're just like are they in the middle of a restaurant and then it it cuts Mm -hmm. to the reverse and you see that they're right by this window where there's just this pool where people are swimming i'm like where the fuck are they i want to eat there that sounds fun look at that fascinating just watching people swim while you eat okay dinner and a show how delightful yes and uh, seafood if you will (laughs) (laughs) and and so yeah he's like still just being a d-bag and he's like so you were there for three hours just talking about nothing so you're really just interested in in her husband why is that you know and then all of a sudden uh sarah starts getting some withdrawals like she just wakes up in the middle of the night and starts like vomiting into toilets and looking really Mm -hmm. sweaty and gross and not being able to sleep and she goes to confront Miriam and she's like, what have you done to me? And she's like, it's cool. Don't worry. You're going to be fine. And then at one point yeah. she like throws her across the room. <laughs> she's like, get away from me. <laughs> Typical relationship stuff, you know. <laughs> Young love. And she runs away again. And then like yeah. is in a uh, a phone booth. And encounters like William Defoe. William Defoe, and yeah. For some reason, runs back to Miriam. I don't know if it was because she met William Defoe. I don't know why. She's just like, <laughs> I got to get out of here because William Defoe's here, and I, I'm I'm gonna go see Miriam. I don't know. What yeah, that's she about. she okay. She seems to she's she thought this is what she wanted. You know, yeah. she wanted to live this whole lifestyle. But once she finds finally gets it, it really freaks her exactly. out a lot. And there's a lot of kind of queer metaphors here too mm-hmm. of like. Again, she thought she could handle being in a lesbian relationship, but now she can't. And uh, uh, she just she she has like her blood tested, and it's like yeah. there's some alien strain consuming my blood. And like, there's girl, like, that's just queer feelings. There's like, like two <laughs> types of blood that she has, and they're both like competing yeah. for dominance and stuff. I'm like, like oh, oh, bisexual, right there. Hello. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's where the sciencey stuff gets a little. Yeah what's going on here but uh and on, on a thematic level it's interesting it. yeah and yeah. then she goes back to miriam and she's like i got what you need i'm gonna go out and get yeah. you a dude and bring him back here and kill him mm-hmm. and then you're gonna feast on him and everything's gonna be cool and sure enough it works yeah. pretty well and she does that she kills this random dude she picks up and gives mm-hmm. her the blood and then in the meantime uh sarah's dude starts sh- showing up at Miriam's and is like, hey, uh, where is Sarah? And then I guess they kill him. We never see what happens, right? Yeah, Sarah kills Tom, I I believe. It's off screen, um, right? I think it happens. Because she warns him to get away and then he refuses to go away and then they are like holding each other. I'm pretty sure they show her killing him. I don't know. Maybe you watch the unrated version. I don't know. The extreme <laughs> version. Um, Maybe you were taking notes. I was, that yes, I was taking notes. <laughs> and then it, this is where the movie starts to get weird because Sarah's like really weirded out about everything. And then she takes the necklace and like slits her own throat, right? Yeah. Because she yeah, wants to die. Just, yeah. Because we start getting the weird flashbacks of Egypt mm-hmm. and all that shit. And then, uh, yeah. And like uh, Miriam's trying they, to save like, her. Yeah, Miriam Miriam wants to help her, and uh, Sarah can't handle anymore because being a lesbian is too hard, I guess. So they <laughs> they go in they, the elevator like, and they go up to the yeah, they the Im- corpse par- party up top on the yeah. roof with the yeah. doves, and <laughs> yeah, they've embraced each other, and uh, uh, yeah, like you said, she cuts her 
uh, own throat and yeah. then they go upstairs and then um and then all of a sudden the house like starts to like collapse or shake or something like it starts to like tilt and then all the okay, corpses there, okay, there's some, come uh, out for some there's reason. also something that miriam has gotten some of sarah's blood in her mouth and i don't know if this means anything maybe yeah, this is why mean? the corpses start coming out and maybe this is why she starts aging because she's not supposed to drink this person like another vampire's blood or something oh um maybe well, uh, I would have liked yeah, to corp- have known that beforehand, movie. <laughs> well, this is just my reading of it. I don't I know. Mean, but <laughs> because that's it. Otherwise, it doesn't make like, a sense. Like how, why would she start, why would she start aging all of a sudden? Yeah. Like just because she got pushed off a balcony or exactly. something. Exactly. You know? I mean, I'm sure it was quite the, the fright, but I, <laughs> I yeah. don't think it's enough to make right. her look like the witch from Snow White there at the end. <laughs> right. And yeah. so the house like starts to vibrate and stuff. And then all the corpses come out of their little shells and start like attacking her. And they like push her off the staircase and she falls like, like six or four five flights or something like yeah. hitting every fucking rail on the way down to <laughs> and then she hits I guess the floor this, and if, just if turns into hap- an old crone it just turns old, yeah i guess if this were happening in real life the equivalent would be like okay you have had a lot of lovers who you've wronged and all of your lovers have now decided they're going to gang up on you and give you an intervention essentially and be like <laughs> you know what look at your life look at all the people you've wronged and look at all the people you've hurt <laughs> And then she just ages a lot and dies. So this is basically <laughs> the best shot episode of Intervention of all time. That's what this is. I think so. I think so. I Look at your it. life. Look at your choices. I buy girl. it. Yeah. I totally buy it. <laughs> yeah. So she just like turns into dust or some shit. I don't know. And they all just find a spot to sit down and then they all turn to dust and blow away. And then yep. um, Dan Hedaya comes back and... <laughs> He's like, uh, is Mrs. Blaylock here? And this real estate agent shows up and is like, no, that we don't know what happened, but this house is for sale. And he's like, what? She's been dead for 50 years. <laughs> she blew away in the in the windstorm of 1983. <laughs> She's from ancient Egypt. <laughs> Didn't you know? She drank some of that vampire blood and shriveled mm, away into a doing it. Mm. So weird. Mm. And then it cuts away to some, like, penthouse somewhere with also some very white, billowy curtains. And Susan Sarandon, Sarah, is uh, still alive somehow. I guess she didn't bleed out. Uh, And she is surrounded by these two lovers. I guess that's what they are in this penthouse. And she just looks out and is like, cool, I'm alive. She's in a bisexual threesome here. And apparently this scene was added at the studio's behest because they wanted to leave the film open for a sequel, which did not happen. Really? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Sarandon later expressed regret at the sequence. She thought it, the character character should have actually died. Yeah. That would have made more uh, sense. Yeah. And she says the, the thing that made the film interesting to me was the question of, would you want to live forever if you were an addict? But as the film progressed, the powers that be rewrote the ending and decided that I wouldn't die. So what was the point? All the rules that we'd spent the entire film delineating mm. that Miriam lived forever and was indestructible and all the people that she transformed eventually died. And then I killed myself rather than to be an addict were ignored. Suddenly I was kind of living. She was kind of half dying. Nobody knew what was going on. And I thought that was a shame. That is a shame. I agree. It The ending makes literally no sense. It's a type of movie that either works for me or doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess any movies like that. But it's this sort of style over substance. But I do think there is sub- substance here. And I do think it's <sighs> substance through style. Just if yeah. that makes any sense. I don't like the, 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 the It's a stronger film thematically, I think, mm-hmm. especially now yeah. after the AIDS epidemic and everything else. Then it then I can. I don't know. Um, I do think it's trying to say some stuff. It does have a just a nice human angle to it. And I think that's what makes it um, interesting. And uh, I think so, too. And it has sexy lesbians. <laughs> and it's got that sexy lesbian scenes. <laughs> I can't get enough of those. <laughs> you know they're my favorite. <laughs> anyway, all of our lesbian listeners can ed- please weigh educate in. us. Is this please, a good lesbian sex scene? <laughs> yes, tell us. Do more. y'all also have sex with white curtains and doves? Is this a thing? <laughs> Is that what someone brings? I in, mean, you know. There were no women involved in making this film, so I kind of doubt this was yeah. <laughs> an accurate film, but uh, let us know, you yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun month of uh, ladies loving ladies and lady sisters and uh, ladies eating people. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
it was a good time. I I think it was a good tie into Pride Month. Indeed. And, uh, um, especially this one with some of the AIDS metaphors that I forgot about mm-hmm. until we actually watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is uh, Look at that. getting intense here. Yeah. And uh, we keep it relevant on this podcast, right? We, well, sometimes we try. <laughs> we try. Sometimes. Every once in a while. Sometimes we're like, we're like remember pure moods? And they're like, no, we, we really don't. <laughs> do we have a couple overlooked gems to end this month? You know what? I think we do. Um, I am going to pick a motion picture that will be polarizing. So watch out now. It's a I'm little film racing. called Dead Time Stories. Mm. And it was made in 86 or 85. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's an mm-hmm. anthology. And there are three yeah. different stories and a wraparound. And so I'm not going to explain all the stories. But it's basically about this uncle who's like watching his kind of bratty nephew. And he won't go to sleep. So he decides to tell him some fairy tales. But he really wants to like freak, freak him out. So he makes them scary. And there's three stories. It, oh, one of them stars future Oscar winner Melissa Leo. It's got that great poster with the book with oh, the, the knife so in it. Pretty. And, uh, yeah, you, you probably remember yeah. it from like video stores back in the day. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was That's one of those yeah. like most people were kind of drawn to. Yeah. It might be one where the cover was a little better than the movie, but <laughs> I still find some joy in this. Some of the effects are very good. If you like okay. mood, you could do a lot worse. Um, such as. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Such as, d- do you want a comparison for this movie? I, I don't know. Um, Man, what's a, what's a, what's a uh, worse what movie? Um, <laughs> I don't know how to compare well, I can't, it. I can't think of one on the top of my head. <laughs> I you can't know? compare it to anything. Um, I wasn't prepared for this I, I didn't know there would be a quiz. Um, yeah. What is this movie like? It's, you know, it's kind of like a low-rent company of wolves. Like, okay. if yeah. the company of wolves was shot... For 14 cents. It's kind okay. of what yes. it is. Yes. And it wasn't as smart. Yeah. And didn't have Angela okay. Lansbury. <laughs> well, you've sold me now because everything I like about Company of Woods, it doesn't have. <laughs> so please cool. tell me you have a, a, a better film to recommend to these well, poor people. <laughs> I think, I mean. Uh-oh. I, I think it's a good movie. I think we both like okay. it. The Entity, you know? Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. It's starring our, our girl Barbara Hershey. I love Barbara Hershey. Uh, she is, like, being raped and attacked by this invisible force throughout the movie, and uh, she begins therapy. And um, a psychiatrist who believes her past is motivating her to commit self-induced injuries, so he's not a very good therapist because he doesn't believe her, <laughs> yeah. essentially. And... Uh, and the attacks just keep happening. So she hires these two college students, and they have an interest in the paranormal, so they start trying to figure out what's going on here. Things just get really fucking nuts. It's another one that the last act is just kind of fucking crazy, mm-hmm. and I don't really know what's happening, but everything leading up to there is great, and it's got a lot of great thematic um, things about, like, abuse and um, just the trauma of all that. There's that T word again, trauma, right? Trauma. Um, and she has a son, and she's trying to, like, look out for him, and he has no idea how, how to help or anything else. And it reminds me a lot of The Invisible Man 2020. Yes, like, I watched that, that movie, and I'm like, my God, this is, like, the same movie. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of, like, this woman not knowing really what's happening to her and right. being haunted by, like, past trauma and everything. Yeah. And uh, um, the, it goes to completely different places in the ending. But Oh, yeah. Uh, I would, everything leading up to I would say is, probably yeah. The Invisible Man probably has a more um, climactic ending. It does. I'm not really uh, sure what happens at the end of the entity. It's it's one of those films either. where the journey is a little better than the destination. Yes, I think so. I think so. And some people don't like the ending of The Invisible Man too because it gets kind of sci-fi-y, but yeah. it, it yeah. at least stays it grounded yeah. about being about people mm-hmm. and stuff. Whereas the entity is kind of just like, okay, there's this mysterious force that's haunting her and we still never really find out what's going yeah. on there. It's also got this fucking crazy score oh, that I is just like score. randomly, it just goes... It's so aggressive. And yeah, it's, I think oh my gosh. Tarantino used it in, uh, is it Inglorious Bastards, I think? Mm. Yeah, it's so creepy. I, I believe that, yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Scary score. It's I think very, it's Charles yeah. Bernstein who did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and um, Deadly yeah. Friend and April Fool's Day. So he's yeah, got the pedigree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a good one. If you haven't seen it, it's it's uh, it should be a classic. It's I don't think it quite is, but uh, it's one that I think... It's a classic to some, I think. A lot of... Yeah. Uh, 
to some people, yeah. yeah. Uh, a select the general public, I don't know. Yeah, I, yes, I the, the don't cool know kids. if many like mainstream people really remember it that much. Yeah, it, it I, and maybe that's because the Poltergeist did come out the same yeah. year, and that one became like the big hit. And there was more of a PG themes, family friendly, yeah. less rapey version. <laughs> the, uh, slightly less rapey. It's like a little more. Um, I want to see Native the American entity, but hold the rape. It. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much what it was. I guess we know what we're doing for next month. I kind of forgot we're at the end of the month here. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, we do have one more. Well, I won't tell you. Oh, anything, actually. Yeah, okay. Maybe yeah. we, we have one more Tuesday left we've, this month, and maybe we have something special. We've told some people that are on the Patreon. Yes. And then I guess the plan for July, tentatively, we are going to do some uh, seaside stuff, I think. That's what mm-hmm. we're at least talking about. By the sea, Mr. So, uh, Todd, the life I come. By the sea, Mr. Todd, I know you love it. By the sea. sea. <laughs> Bring along your choppers. It does fit. Yes. It actually fits. Look at that. That song fits. I think yeah. so. Uh, so, you know, get your snorkels and your goggles and your swimsuit because we're going to be swimming a lot. And uh, we're not going to tell you what we're covering yet, but you'll see tomorrow when we announce the first. No, actually, it won't oh, be until next oh, week. So oh, you'll you're see. You're going to have to wait. All righty. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with something special. Mm-hmm. And, uh in the meantime, you know, stay gay or uh, queer, you know, the whole spectrum. We love, we love you all. We do. And, or, or straight. You are straight. Yes. Our, you know, our straight listeners, which there we are like some. like our straights too. And uh, it's not always about you, but. Yeah, it's not making it uh, about you. This is our month, okay? Yeah. Can we it's just get month. one fucking month? <laughs> we get one fucking month. We've been through enough. But okay. You know, uh, we'll see you next week. Talk to you next. Why do we keep saying that every know. time? We never see any we of these people. We don't see any of you <laughs> except on your lovely Facebooks and Instagrams. Yes. Yes. yes I yes. guess that counts. I guess that counts. There we go. <laughs> All right. But we will speak at you next week. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Bye, everybody. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>